that in order to meet this moment, we have to recognize our California comeback. I think in my time, this is a very unusual and a very unique time. What I'm saying about the state today, it's an enterprising, modernizing, pluralizing, unionizing nation state. Hello, and welcome back to the California Nation podcast. I'm Gil Duran, the California opinion editor for the Sacramento Bee. Rush Limbaugh got his start at KFBK Radio in Sacramento, but he affected millions of people around the country. When Limbaugh died last week, the first person I thought of was Rusty Manso. He was one of my high school classmates in the mid-1990s, and he was a Rush Limbaugh fanatic. Rusty revered Rush Limbaugh like Grateful Dead fans revere Jerry Garcia. In many other ways, he was just a normal high school kid, thoughtful, sweet, kind of shy, kind of nerdy, like me. But he was also a fan of this hateful, terrible, angry guy that I couldn't stand when I'd hear him on the radio. It didn't seem to make sense. So I looked Rusty up on Facebook, wondering how he would react now that we're in our mid-40s to the death of his one-time hero. And I was surprised by what I found. Rusty had written a long message responding to Limbaugh's death. But it wasn't anything like what I expected it to be. Instead, Rusty recounted how Limbaugh had been a major influence for most of his life but how he eventually came to break away from Limbaugh and form his own political views. In fact, Rusty, the Rush Limbaugh fanatic, is now a registered Democrat. This was not at all what I expected, so I gave Rusty a call, and we talked for the first time since 1994. So Rusty Manso, it's good to see you again. It's been a long time. I don't even want to think about how long it's been since 94. I think we have not talked since we graduated from high school. We haven't talked in person anyway. No, we haven't. It's been a, a long time, and as I'm sharing with the, our readers and listeners today, in high school we knew each other, and what was always interesting to me was that you were such a Rush fanatic, yet at the same time, I always thought of you as a very kind, sweet, thoughtful person. And as I grew older, I came to associate people who listened to things like Rush Limbaugh as angry, as uh, prejudiced, as mean, with the Trump phenomenon that rose up in, in 2016, 2015, then it became more pronounced, the red hats, the aggressive outlook. But you never fit that bill. And so looking back, I was like, it's strange to me how you could have been such a Rush fan, yet also have been such a kind, good person who I have no bad memories of. So can you tell us a little bit about how you first got into Rush Limbaugh? Well, um, so when I was younger, I knew very little, very little about politics. Uh, I didn't know anything about Republicans or Democrats, um, but a friend of mine told me about Rush Limbaugh, you should listen to him. So I started listening a little bit to him back when I was in high school, um, whenever I could. And I had his first book on audiobook, um, The Way Things Ought to Be. And I had listened to that tape many times. And I was young, I was impressionable. Um, I honestly didn't understand what a lot of what he was saying, but the way he said it, it was entertaining. He, he, used, he used humor um, and it just drew me in. It's funny because when, when, you, when you see interviews with um, like people who go to Trump rallies, like uh, reporters who will go to a Trump rally and they'll interview uh, Trump supporters, and they'll ask questions. 
And the Trump supporters, a lot of times will be like, they won't, they won't necessarily be able to explain the issue. Um, but in many ways I was like that. I, I just, I didn't really totally understand the issues, but I felt like I belonged. The, the way Rush spoke to his audience, I felt like I belonged. It was like a family in a way, if that makes sense. So he was strong and confident, kind of funny. And you think he that drew funny. you in more than the mm -hmm. issues themselves? More so than the issues themselves. And the thing is, is if he hadn't asked me back then, I would have told you, I, you know, these are my views. But if you asked me to explain them, I wasn't necessarily clear. I'll give you an example. In 96, during the uh, Clinton bull debates, uh, there was one particular debate where it was a town hall and uh, Bill Clinton was saying uh, something about HMOs and he asked the audience, um, how many of you have HMOs? And most hands went up. And then he said, how many of you like it? And like maybe two hands went up. And I remember laughing, thinking, haha, you know, that's, that's, that's hilarious. And then I was speaking to my mother and she said, you know what HMOs are? And I said, no, <laughs> I, I really didn't know. <laughs> yep. And I was really embarrassed. But again, I didn't really totally grasp the issues. But Rush Limbaugh had a way to make his audience feel smart. He would he would cite studies, you know, um, supposed studies uh, that his audience was smart, uh, that that they're more educated than most people. He would cite studies saying things like, you know, the claims made on his program were something like 99% accurate. And I came to trust him. I think a lot of his listeners put all of their trust in him because, you know, they, they, they wanted to be, they felt like they were part of that family. They, they had this distrust of the media. And um, so. We've seen more of that in recent years with things like Fox News, now the One American News Network. We've seen the segmentation of an entire, an entire explosion of ultra conservative media with often no anchoring in the facts. It's become worse and worse. Uh, you know, I remember listening to Limbaugh and he would attack Bill Clinton, but now we have uh, extra layers of of um, attacks on the legitimacy of truth of politics themselves. How did those beliefs that you acquired as a result of listening to Rush affect your real life? I think it made me more cynical, more distrusting, uh, and in some ways more angry. Um, it, as, as you said earlier, Normally, you know, I, I was just any other normal guy. I was nice, I was a nice guy. Um, but whenever we would discuss politics, you know, whenever I would talk politics with friends or family and I would just become this different person, I don't know, like this angry person um, who had learned to distrust science to distrust the media, to believe in conspiracies. Um, so in that way, it affected me. And I, and I didn't realize at the time that it had. You know, I didn't think of myself as angry or, or mean or anything like that. But when I look back at it now, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's how I was. That's how it affected me. How did you finally quit Rush? I know you shared this story 
on Facebook after he died. And it was amazing to me because I hadn't heard it. I knew something was different about you because we only reconnected on Facebook a couple of years ago. We haven't seen each other since we graduated. And I, I thought it was pretty amazing, actually, how you eventually broke out of, of Rush Limbaugh's spell. Yes. Um, so in the fall of 2012, that was when um, Obama was running for re-election uh, against Mitt Romney. And... Of course, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh every day and going to the Drudge Report multiple times a day, uh, watching Fox News. And, and actually, and I didn't mention this on Facebook, but there was a movie out in theaters at the time by Dinesh D'Souza. It was something like, it was like 2016 Obama's America. And the whole movie was about how Obama was a socialist and he, his vision was to bring socialism to America. And by that time, about a month before that election, I was so stressed about the prospect of another four years of Obama that I couldn't even process having to deal with that for another four years. Not that things were bad because they weren't bad, but I believed them to be, right? And I made the decision, you know, if he gets reelected, if Obama gets reelected, I don't want to hear any more about politics. Like, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any talk about Obama, right? So for me, that meant no more news, no more Fox News, no more uh, Rush Limbaugh, no more uh, Laura Ingram, which I was a subscriber to her podcast, no more uh, Drudge Report, all of that, all of it gone. And at the time, my thought was, um, well, well that, that'll be permanent. I wasn't thinking a year. I was thinking that'll be permanent. And the unintended consequence of that was that within a year, I found that I wasn't as, um, as conservative um, as I thought I was. I didn't agree with... Rush Limbaugh's views as much as I thought I did. And, and then I start to become more moderate, more independent. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I moved away from Rush. It was unintended. I, I, it, I didn't set out to, um, to walk away from the Republican Party or to walk away from Rush permanently. I mean, I did, but I, I didn't think that my um, ideology would change like that. You were walking away from the media, and now that was going to be a huge socialist takeover, and it didn't happen. It turned right. out it wasn't going right. to happen. You only thought right. it was going to happen because you were constantly hearing that it was about exactly. to happen, right? Exactly. I was, you know, bombarded with um, a daily dose of those kinds of views from Rush Limbaugh and and uh, Sean Hannity and others, and. I believed it because that's, again, that trust I mentioned earlier, I trusted those media outlets. And I had a, a, a distrust, a strong distrust of CNN, MSNBC, and really any other news outlets. Um, so it was weird. It was like, it was like, you know, the end of the world is coming, you know, on this date, and then the date passes and nothing happens. It was kind of like that. It was like, well, 
you know, four year, four more years of Obama, and it, it really not only wasn't bad, it was great. And the economy was doing great. <laughs> you know? How would you describe your political leanings now? <clears throat> well, it's complicated. Um, I, I changed my uh, voter registration to Democrat mainly because I feel like I um, agree more with Democrats, at least right now, but that's not necessarily going to always be the case. It's just as of now, that's the way it stands. Um, but the, here's the thing, as far as uh, fiscal issues, I still believe in a balanced budget and, and a plan to pay off our debts, which is one of the things I believed in when I was a rush listener. I still believe in that. What's changed is how do we get there? I don't believe that cutting taxes for the wealthy is gonna get us there. I think the evidence has shown that that's not gonna happen. I think the way we get there was like, is with a progressive tax code, right? Among other things. And also um, getting people back to work, paying people uh, a living wage for their work. You know, Rush always talked about people um, pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. Um, well, great, then let's pay people a fair wage for their full-time work, right? So that they don't have to go on, on government benefits to get by. And so if you wanna cut welfare, well, guess what? There's, there's a way to at least cut some of that and pay people what they deserve to be paid for their work. So I still want to see a balanced budget, which by the way, you know, who's gotten us there or near there in the last 20 plus years? Bill Clinton got us a surplus, right? Uh, Obama slashed the deficit, what, in half? And who raised the deficit? Bush, right? Trump. These are facts, right? But so it's, the, it's one thing to say we want to cut the deficit, but who's doing it? Whose policies have been shown to work? What, what advice would you give to others who are either themselves trapped in this cycle of the conservative propaganda machine or have relatives who are in there and they can't quite reach them? This has become worse during the Trump era, obviously. Now we have a bunch of people who believe that the election was stolen and that uh, Trump is the dethroned messiah in waiting and, and they have to stay loyal to him. What advice from your own experience, from the decades really that you spent listening to this stuff, would you give to those people today? I would say, if you really believe that these are your views and not the views of um, media personalities, right-wing media personalities, then I would say, prove it, take the challenge. And the challenge is do what I did, walk away from all of it, and I'm telling you, I'm not saying go to CNN. I'm saying tune all of it out for a few months or a year. Because I bet a lot of people, if they did that, they would gradually over time realize, hmm, you know, if they don't have that daily dose of right-wing information coming at them, I think they may start to realize that they think and believe differently. Um, I like to use an analogy from... Um, the Lord of the Rings. There's a scene in the, in the Two Towers where uh, King Theoden is just kind of sitting there on his throne, kind of in a trance, like he's not really there. And Wormtongue is whispering in his ears. And 
in a way it's kind of it feels a little bit like that for me like like walking away from politics for for a certain amount of time in essence pushing away worn tongue for a bit kind of woke me up if that makes sense yeah you have no power here. I think that's right. <laughs> one of the phrases from that scene. Rusty Manso, thank you so much for joining us today on California Nation. We'll see you all next week.